Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swathmate. There he was. And hello, he was walking around the desk. <laughs> yeah, Ollie started, and I thought I've got loads of time to get round to the desk, but uh, it turns out I actually didn't. No, the chair is really low. And uh, my chair was really high. What is happening? What's been going on? That's that Laurie and Simon. It's a sort of. Uh, banter that goes on in the office. What a rib by what those a, two. That, or it's just sabotage. Mm. Could be either way. Uh, but hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Apart from hungry. Uh, well, no, no. I, I, that, so I was just saying to Luke before we started, my one aim today was to have a lunch break. And I didn't get to do that. That's why the podcast intro and outro will be about five minutes shorter overall, uh, which implied that I had a lunch. I did eat lunch. Mm-hmm. So... I just I ate lunch while I was finishing off AEW, posting the video and replying yeah. to comments. Sorry, my chair so is I, all over the show. I feel like there might be a few gaps in my dynamite review. <laughs> I'm worried I'm worried I'm gonna say something yeah. definitively. Because I know what I thought of the show, really mm. enjoyed it. And then someone's going to go, oh, but it's the uh, it's the million dollar man's rest, uh, you know. Sleep well, I mean, I've looked through the comments uh, <laughs> today, and they were like, they've been doing picture in picture since the first episode I'm like yeah in one match mm. now they're doing it through every commercial break everyone and hammering home the point that it's picture in picture yeah so it is different but I've only got four minutes to review this thing I can't go into too much detail that's what this show's here for I'm sure it was in no way related to NXT beating them in the last two weeks I have absolutely all the confidence <laughs> in the world that this was always the plan. This is what they'd always had in mind. Yeah, I think uh, I think the sort of it's normalised now the NXT AEW conflict. Now that AEW have taken a few knocks on the chin, mm. I feel like that the building up sexual tension between everyone has has blasted off a little bit, and now it's a bit more level. No, I I, I disagree no? on that because the NXT stands have now got their first victories under their belts, which means we've, it, it's now shifted in the other direction of, like, AEW is dying, they're the terrible company. So we've just got to have... I it will, it will be a few, I'd say, six months where you've had almost like an even split before there will be no awfulness within uh, comments. And they'll never go away. I mean, it'll never fully because, go away. Because of tribalism. Yeah. But... But I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's been a bit 
I, because I think one of the things that has made the NXT vocal fandom very AEW negative is partly that they were winning <laughs> for seven weeks. Yeah. But now they've they've essentially, you know, they've managed to blow that load. They beat AEW and they beat in WWE at Survivor Series. Yes. So yeah. now now they, they're not overcompensating so much. Mm. I don't know. But maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, do you want to Rusev, hey? Rusev, hey! This comes in from your friend of mine, Samed Ali. Hey! He says, hey everyone, this is my first email. I was waiting till I did something meaningful so I could send an email about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, there was a wrestling signing in Manchester, Manchester, on November 9th. I know you're probably all wondering why I'm sending this so late. Answer is, I'm lazy. And a couple of weeks before, I had no clue about it until my cousin told me, uh, and he said he was going to be there to meet Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch were there on November 9th in Manchester. Like, they're here next week because they're doing the Gorilla Position show. It just strikes me that they have got two meet and greets, effectively, in two months. You'd have thought they'd have done them all when they were just here once. Yeah, but that that would require some level of planning the European tour. Perhaps, Which is something they don't do because they, every year, they're like, oh, but we've got a Saudi Arabia show to run. Did they do a European tour at the start of November? Yes. It's traditional. Was I here? Maybe you were in Japan. Maybe yeah, I you would have been in Japan, wouldn't you? Yeah, maybe that's why yeah. I don't remember this. All right, well, that makes more sense as to why Seth and Becky were mm. here then. Okay, I take that all back then. If I was a competent editor, I'd have just taken that out of the podcast. Nah, but that's keep what we keep there. him. Uh, anywho, uh, as the day got closer, I got more nervous because I've never interacted with a celebrity before or met one, obviously, apart from you guys. I the was going to say, Quest show. he so, came to meet us. So I decided to watch videos on YouTube of people interacting with celebrities to see what they uh, what not to do. It did not help. The day came, and I still don't know what, what to say, so I thought I would just wing it. I was waiting in line to meet oh. Seth first, and it really didn't cross my mind that I was going to meet him, like, um, to meet them like it didn't seem real until Seth walked past us, and I literally marked down. It was crazy seeing him right in front of me. It was finally my turn. I went up and I said, hey, Mr. Rollins. Yeah, I hate myself too. He laughed and said, you can just call me Seth, man. And I shook his hand. His hand was very soft. So I'm a big fan of his since he started in The Shield, and I didn't want to bring up his Twitter game lately. He said he was really appreciating me coming down and took a picture. Also, my cousin got a picture with Seth, but he only paid uh, for me to get a picture, so he basically got a free picture there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, Becky Lynch. After meeting Seth, I got in the queue to meet Becky, and it was finally my turn, and I walked up to say, hey, the man, again, I hate myself, immediately <laughs> regretted, uh, but she laughed and said, hey, and said, cool t-shirt, because I was wearing a man t-shirt. I told her how awesome she was and how great the Rousey feud was. I didn't bring up the, the things that ruined the, feud, uh, ruined the feud going into Mania. I mainly talked to her about the Survivor Series angle last year, and I said it was so awesome and badass, and she looked so cool. She said, thank you, really appreciate the support. Feels like that's the stock phrase that both of them have got. Yes. Yep. Um, and I asked to get the picture with the man, and I was like, yep, got the picture. I said goodbye, shook her hand. Her hands were a lot softer than Seth's. Interesting. I thought Seth, the, the fact that you mentioned that Seth had really soft hands, I just assumed it would be on the same level of softness. Mm. But no, Becky has softer hands. And, you know, you're grappling. You're picking people up. You're training all the time. You're going to get calluses on the bits, you know, the inside of your knuckles. And she's been holding that title for so long. They're heavy. Heavy titles, man. Wow. I would not have expected them to have such beautiful, soft hands. <laughs> that surely has to be the next sign. We've had Seth Rollins' is Not Cool. We've had Seth Rollins rides e-scooters. Yep. Seth Rollins moisturizes his hands. <laughs> Seth Rollins has soft hands. Yeah. Um, we have got some pictures. Here is uh, our man Samad with uh, the nice. man Becky Lynch. 
And that next one across is a picture of him with Seth. That's cool. Yeah. Nice work, Simon. I yeah, uh, it is. I hate. I hate meeting celebrities. Are you going to say people for a second? People. <laughs> uh, it just it, I, it, I just I get so anxious, and I can't think of what to say. And then it happens, and the bit where it's happening, it's a blur in my head. Yeah. It's only like a minute. Oh, yeah, max. if that. Even yeah. junkets that we've done, like you know, stuff in the past, like five, ten minutes, blur. I'm not I'm not enjoying any of that. Yeah. I'm somewhere else. Someone else is doing that interview. You get very sweaty. And then afterwards, it comes by, like I'm back in the room. And I'm like, oh, God, what did I say? Yeah. And I, I, there was something I filmed a few months ago. I haven't watched it back because I, I just felt so anxious about it. But you, you don't mind. No, I'm, I'm usually okay. They're just like you and I. You lack self-awareness, though. But I think that's probably what it is. Like, I'll go in there and make a goof of myself, and then I'll be like, oh, well, you know, that happened. They yeah. won't remember it. No, I they, mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to I, them. I will. I'll remember it for the rest of my life. I'm sure for, for when, it, when they met you, Simon, it did mean everything to them, and they do remember it. But for my interactions, <laughs> I'm sure they do not remember any of it. Right, well, let's get into the show itself, and I've got another Rusev Hay to do in the outro portion of this podcast. Uh, like, let's jump into it and have AEW saved their women's division. Is it fixed? Uh, here's the show. AEW Dynamite. Uh, overall, a really good show. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a really, really good show this week. Mm. Last week's show was a, a bit of a... I don't want to say it was a dud. It was, like, middling. It was a middle-of-the-roads episode. It was the the least best episode they've made. Yes, absolutely. Which is, by default, the worst. Yeah, absolutely. And then this week just felt like... This felt like uh, two weeks of losing to NXT and be like, boop, I think we've rested on our laurels. We need to pull something out of our, mm. our bags here. Let's start off by making sure that no one switches over to NXT in the ad breaks, and we'll just have picture-in-picture picture on every single ad break and have Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone shout, picture-in-picture, picture! as we're about <laughs> to go to ad break. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things they've, they've seemed to have taken steps to address, not just people switching over to NXT during commercials, is the women's division. Yes. It's probably been the largest criticism, like the largest genuine criticism I've had of AEW, apart from them just inexplicably bringing out live animals in <laughs> front of thousands of people with pyro. It's, it's how they put so much stock and PR announcements into how they're going to have a leading women's division. And they, you know, that, but really, it's the tag division. It's the tag and the men's singles divisions that really have the most resources put into it. Yeah. And then down here is the women's division. Yeah. Which doesn't gel with all the stuff Kenny Omega, Brandy, and the rest of the team said in the build-up to the launch of Dynamite. It has been, yeah, the biggest letdown of AEW thus far. That we are in week 10 of the Dynamite era. We're actually nearly, you know, come January 1st, it's one year since the announcement of, of AEW. Yeah. So if you want to say that, like, all out was, you know, that's sort of your starting point. You, don't, I mean, you really should count double or nothing. But even if you ain't about double or nothing, there's been one really big women's storyline. And that came about by an accident. Mm. And it led to a pre-show match. Yeah. And there's been little else. Yeah, so, so and I think the, the, the sort of tipping point where everyone were like, oh, come on, you should be doing better with this, is that Rio 
I can never say her name. Emi Sakura. Emi Sakura. I, my brain just wants to say Sakura. <laughs> Emi Sakura match, which has so much context there, but it was only set up for the women's title a like five days before the pay-per-view. Yeah, it was on the, the go-home show mm. for the pay-per-view. Really, really a shame. I found out recently, Emi Sakura has only recently discovered Queen. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was talking to someone about it uh, the other day, and they were like, oh, yeah, she's literally, literally just discovered them, like within the last sort of six months or so. <laughs> um, I think it was probably like before Double or Nothing, because she was doing it there. Yeah. Um, maybe it's within the last year. It was when she saw Bohemian Rhapsody. And then she was like, when she was in America, she was watching it every single week she was in America, and has just become obsessed with Freddie Mercury ever since. Well, I yeah, good. It's, it's a great gimmick. I, I said to them, I was like, I'm stunned to hear that it's new. Because she's incorporated it all into her repertoire so much that you feel like, oh, this has been her gimmick for decades. Yeah, yeah, because it's a band that were mostly popular <laughs> in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Uh, so the AEW took steps to sort of compensate for this. Last week they introduced it's Chris, Chris Statlander, Statlander. Uh, which I think Tony Khan loves because it's got the word stat in. Yep. It also, I mean, it makes me think of um, the classic 80s horror movie, Children of the Corn, mm. where you are an outlander. And every time I'm hearing Statlander, that is all I hear <laughs> in my head is Malachi. I go, it's outlander. And there's also Shanna, who was introduced a couple of weeks back for the first time. And it seems like both of those wrestlers have now been signed by the company. I think Statlander's one was sort of broken yes. yesterday yeah. on, on Twitter. Yeah, and Shanna's uh, All Elite as well now. And they announced they've signed Big Swall, who's been doing yes. a lot of stuff on AEW Dark. Uh, so, like, to, to AEW have the, the sort of... The women talent pool globally has been completely gutted by WWE because of the two May Young Classics. They just signed everyone, and they've got the resources to do so. And AEW really should have realised that the, the amount of female talent available to them wasn't going to be there when they started to sort of push their vision of women's wrestling in all the PR announcements. So, yeah, we're now stuck in a bit where relatively inexperienced women wrestlers are getting signed, but it's working. Like the stuff with... So it was Nyla Rose took on Levi Bates. Levi Bates. Levi Bates. not Levi G's. Levi's. I can't get anyone's name. (laughs) Uh, I'm like JR. (laughs) (laughs) On this show. And it was like, for my money... It was a really, that was one of the best squash matches on TV in a while, actually. I was going to say, I mean, this week we've had six squash matches across two shows, and this was the best one. Yeah, and it was, so we haven't really seen much of Nyla Rose since losing it all out. No, it was the first episode to to Rio. Yeah, she's been a lot on Dark. Mm. And it's it's just Nyla beating up both of the the librarians to quite brutal effect yeah so it was a match between her and Bates but Peter Avalon kept trying to get involved and like Bates would try to hit her with a book and then she gave them both a double choke slam which great uh, great uh, and then gave uh, the beast bomb to Bates for the win really really good uh, showing for for Nyla Rose she looked awesome in this segment and they showed a clip it was of last week wasn't it that Nyla Rose beat up Shanna in a meet and greet before the episode and at the end of this match was it in the commercial break as well? No, Shanna ran down before the commercial break to do the attack. And yeah. then Nyla Rose la- laid her out. And then you had the, we're going to add break, but stick around. Picture in picture, we're going to keep track of what's going on here. And during the commercial break, Nyla Rose got a table. She sort of like was saying, like, hey, Rick Knox, it's fine. Everything's mm. okay. No, you go through a table. <laughs> 
And then she the referee. Yeah. And then she power bombed uh, Shanna on top of the referee through the carcass of the table to stand tall. I always cringe when I see a power bomb onto someone now. It was TM six one, wasn't it? Yeah. Who, Something like that, yeah. Who, who got uh, the authors of pain did it to them, and their heads just collided when they came down. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, d- d- it was I, can't, I can't remember who it was. It was definitely yeah. a tag team that looked a lot like them. Yeah, I think it might have been NXT like enhancement talents. Yeah, who you might be. Thinking yeah, it of. could be. Yeah. It could be. I can't quite remember. But it was just it was. like this brutal yeah. looking injury. It sort of makes me cringe whenever that spot happens. But this was safe. Uh, they so that happened in the break, and then they showed us a recap of what happened in the break later on. And it, that they said Nyla's been suspended. Yep. It's a good way to put over a monster character. And they cut to Britt Baker in the crowd doing the exact same shot of when Adam Cole took that big bump in uh, War, War Games, Games yeah. in Chicago. So that was a nice reference. It was fun, yeah. I, and it's the sort of reference that for insiders, there's a lot of fun there, but they're not directly saying... WWE joke. Yeah, 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 totally. So, so I, I, I've seen some people be like, "Oh, AW need to just focus on them." I'm like, "Yeah, but this stuff, this stuff is really harmless." Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, but that's that's good. I thought that whole segment was was really good. The only thing I would have preferred is they sort of recap what happened in the break immediately after the break. Yeah, I agree. But then by doing so, does that then undermine you sticking around for the ad break? Because you could yeah. still flick over from the ad break and then float back and you'll just recap it. I guess so. Yeah, it's, it's an awkward one. To, it's like Super Chats in an episode. Is there, is there any right answer? <laughs> it, it is a difficult situation, I suppose. But, you know, it's a situation they've created for themselves mm. um, uh, to do it this way. Uh, and then later on, we had Chris Statlander versus Shida. Now, I love Shida. Is it? I might be off base with this one, but it feels like certainly for the last number of weeks, this is the first time we've had two women's matches on an episode of Dynamite. Mm, I think so. Yeah. It's usually like, here's one tag. That's it, yeah. Or here is our singles match. Yeah. So and and I, I might be wrong on that, but it feels like it's been weeks since mm. we've had two. Um, and Chris Statlander last week was a, a sort of her debut, That was her it? Dynamite debut. Dynamite she's debut. been on Dark, but she, <clears> it, was, it was her Dynamite debut. And she's really good. She's really got something. Uh, she's really tall. She's tattooed all over. Yeah, she's an alien. Yeah, she, that, yeah. That's her gimmick, is that she is an alien. And and she showed a lot more character this week. Last week she was here as a new person, kind of like when Shanna first debuted. But this week she was getting up, she was being a bit cocky. She, this great spot where she cartwheeled round for ages, yeah. then an eye poke. Yeah. Good heel. I don't think it's an eye poke. I think it's just like, it's a, she was doing it to Aubrey <clears throat> Edwards as well when she was making her entrance. It's almost like a, I'm probe. Yeah. That, that's almost what it feels like. I'm not. I'm not that into the alien gimmick. Neither am I. But, you know, it's, I would just prefer her to be a normal person. <laughs> but it was still, this was a fun match, and the crowd got super, super into yeah, it. Yeah, really into it, yeah. some great near falls. I, I thought this match was awesome. Yeah. I really, really liked it. I think Hikaru Shida is so good. A lot of it did take place during the ad break, but again, sort of the benefit of that picture-in-picture mm. picture is that you were actually sort of like fixated in on, on the action, what was going on. And Statlander really has got something. She is new. But she does feel like she's got something. And as I said, like, she does really good. They were doing some amazing action within this during the commercial break. Um, and then it was just a series of near falls at the end. Like, yeah. the big running knee strike. I thought that I... That, did, was, that was a great near fall. I walked into this thing and she was going to win because they were really putting over the fact that she is currently ranked number one in the in the women's power ranking. So I was like, this is a really good way to put over Shida um, and to kind of, like, continue that and maybe push her towards Rio. Because Rio's not been seen for mm. a while now. I'm assuming she's off in Japan. But then Chris Statlander hit the sort of packaged tombstone for the win and 
she's now pinned to the number one contenders. They were putting up like, man, what a massive upset. And it, they did such a good job there because I'm not really invested in the women's division. Not because I'm a misogynist, just because I'm a misogynist. <laughs> I was going to say, that's just part of the reason. <laughs> it's, it's because AEW have really not given us any reason to, to care about the women's division, I would argue. But, or anything good, at least. Yeah. But, but when that happened, I was like, but she does the number one contender. She's top of the power rankings. Yeah. So I, th- I thought they did a really good job of making that feel important. Unfortunately, yeah. that that like genuinely great win for Statlander, uh, she, you know, the, the like the shock that Sheila could have sold. Oh my god, I've lost to this essentially a rookie, completely undermined by easily the worst thing on the show. Yeah, and like probably the only consistently bad thing in AEW. So because Dark Order yeah. have sorted themselves out. Yeah. So the report is is Brandy wants to be a heel. For my money, it makes no sense for her to be a heel because Cody is such a good babyface. You would just want to have those two together as mm. the sort of like great babyface power yeah. couple. Yeah. But Brandy wants to work heel, which creates this awkward dynamic when Cody is doing his promo uh, earlier in the show being like, you know, hey, my wife's off doing crazy stuff. Don't know what's going on there. It kind of it makes it really muddled. And it's just not getting over. And it really doesn't help that their gimmick is the Dark Order's gimmick. And so, and you've got like the Butcher, Blade and Bunny doing this sort of like dark, oh, mm. we're a bit creepy stuff as well. So, you, I mean, having one of them's bad enough, but now you've got three of them. And with, they've got a new addition to this faction. Well, if if that turns out, well, she, to be so a she is a wrestler, thing. yeah. And they were posed backstage, and apparently she was tagged. I don't like. I figured that this was like the newest member of the Nightmare Collective. Well, let's go. Let's yeah, let's go, let's go through it. So yeah. Statlander wins. Where hey, we're celebrating. Lights cut out, and then Brandy Rhodes and awesome Kong. awesome Kong walk down to the ring. Of course, they've been sort of jumping people, other women in the division, and cutting off their hair for a few weeks now. They get into the ring, and Brandy cuts such a flat WWE main roster like promo it sounded so rehearsed it sounded awful and it's like and, and if this was on main roster raw and smackdown it would i wouldn't have cared like it, yeah. it fits totally in but because the promo quality on this show is so high this stuck out like stuck out like a sore thumb and it was really clunky dialogue like surely people that that was a scripted promo and surely there are more eyes on that and people go, ah, well, that's, you know, that's really awkward exposition. It was honestly verbatimly as bad as this. We are the Nightmare Collective. What is the Nightmare Collective? We are... And I was just... It was bad storytelling. I I think it was designed to be that way, though. Like, I genuinely... Because I think she was... Her character is that she's this eloquent, very well-spoken, using a lot of big <clears throat> words and... and I don't think it works, personally, yeah. but I think that's the design of it. I think that's the character that she is, or the character that she's playing. But for me, it's because it's so obviously rehearsed. Like, Jericho's promos don't feel rehearsed. Cody's promo, Cody's promo, God, what oh, yeah, a promo really it was, good. doesn't feel rehearsed. This felt so rehearsed. But again, I wonder if that's by design. I so it, it didn't work for me. Look, just off the top of my head... A character whose whole gimmick is being quite eloquent and well spoken, Damien Sandell. Yeah. So he would deliver similar 
or like early days Vince McMahon before he yeah. became Mr. McMahon yeah. where he was he was I do not agree with you Mr. Austin that Vince McMahon but they had a, a sort of charisma or an it mm-hmm. I don't, again I don't know what it is but some people have it and some people don't and I hate to say this because Brandy's great but I don't think she's good enough to to be a an on-screen character in this company beyond a I'm the commissioner of the women's division. You two fight each other. Yeah. Like this character stuff just isn't working, and it jars, like you said, with whenever Brandy crops up in a in a road to whatever pay per view Cody segment. And it doesn't help that the Dark Order are literally doing this exact same gimmick. Yeah. We had what three, four <laughs> weeks ago, Evil Uno trying to recruit Marco Stunts to be a creeper. Yeah. We had literally this segment just a few weeks ago. So, so yeah, what happened is they get in the ring and they they try and get Statlander to join them, the Nightmare Collective, which is... There's only so many... The Dark Order's a cool name. But the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny, it's a cool name. The Nightmare Collective sounds like 12-year-old me came up with it. <laughs> and the, the, this person in the crowd just was like, I oh, know I want to do it. And it came across as so phony. She gets up on the apron, they cut off her ponytail and then they walk off picture in picture sort of happy. It it really didn't work. The crowd were not into it. It's, it's unfortunately, the, and it's really bad optics in my opinion. The only proper story in the women's division right now is the is one featuring a co-executive vice? Well, no, she's a, but like someone in a, a high level chief position. Chief branding officer. Yeah, chief branding officer in the company. And compared to like how all the other sort of co-executive vice presidents, obviously Brandy isn't one, but she's in that group, have actively stopped themselves from being the focal most important part of their divisions. You've now got Brandy doing it when she's not good enough. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. It, it, this this segment did not work, and it, and for me, aside from the fact that it is just copy and paste of the Dark Order, which I think is a is a real issue, it took away from Sheed uh, from Sheeda's yeah. loss and Statlander's win. Mm. All of us, we're not talking about that now. We're talking about this clunky yeah. segment that came after it. Well, we should be talking about. I was like, oh my god, the number one contender just got pinned by this rookie. What does that now mean for the power rankings? Who's Rio going to be facing at the next uh, set of shows? Is she going to be around for the? Because we've only got two more live shows before the end of the year. Um, so it, it's a real shame that this is sort of what we're left with. For me, it was and I, for me, it was the only bad thing on the show. Yes, but it wasn't just like it was the only bad thing on the show. It was like so far worse than mm. anything else in the show that it actually really annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So thank you to our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon who have given $25 a month or more. You're going to get a cheap pop and a wrestling name right here. Luke's favorite fan, the one, the only, the awesome Bubba. Yes, thank you. nice. Woo. No one names their kid this anymore. Larry! It's not there. The alpha, Kenny Body Slam. Oh, oh. Body Slam. Heroic Hector Mercado. Woohoo! The 99 percenter. Garrett Vandercrift. Oh, good name, mate. The mayor of Painesville, Dan. 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 I'm not eligible to get a case of craft beer. De Leon, the man of many names. He is indeed. Badassosaurus, Rex Joseph Calmerin. Love that name. That's one of my favorites. Andy Datson's number one fan, Tomo. It's my least favorite. Yep. Rob, Steiner Recliner. Oh, yes. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Yep. And... My personal favourite of my nicknames, Bad Connection, Thomas Lagden. Lagden, yeah. Oh, yes, sorry, the poll. So I put up the uh, usual poll. Let me just refresh it. We've had 10,000 votes, and that is what is better, AEW... Or well, eleven thousand now. What was better this week, Dynamite or NXT? And NXT beat Dynamite with sixty-three percent. It's huge. That's another big win for <laughs> NXT there. And interestingly, well, it's, so up until when AEW were winning, like in the ratings, when we did these polls, AEW was slightly winning overall so it was like 52 percent to 48 percent yeah ever since nxt has started to win in the ratings it's pretty much since like survivor series yeah yeah the week before with the brawl mm-hmm. it's gone the complete like nxt has massively overtaken them in terms of what our audience i suppose votes on yeah uh because i, I wouldn't say that the the difference is that stark but i just yeah that's that's what the yeah i uh, keith lee though 
Yeah, that Keith, have you seen that Keith Lee bit where he stands up yeah. behind Finn Balor? My God. He's the, he's, I saw someone call him the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this episode of Dynamite, I, I think will probably win in the ratings just because it was pure fire from the get-go. There was no commentators at the top. Here's what's going on on today's show. It was straight into this six-man tag that did not let up. This six-man tag was awesome. It was, I, I call it in my four-minute review, the perfect opener. And it was the perfect opener. You would have this on any indie show around the world. You would have this level of fun six-man tag. But you've also got the star power in there mm. of the Young Bucks and Dustin <clears throat> Rhodes versus Proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara. So or you've got six big names in there, and they were just doing fun spot after fun spot after fun spot after fun spot. It was a joy to behold. Yeah. It was a weird mixture of just amazing athleticism, actual blood feud, like actual serious blood feud, mm -hmm. and a, a heck load of comedy spots. Yeah. And none of them undermined each other. If anything, it only strengthened it all. I thought it was fantastic. I think, like, actually, really... On the overall scale, this is just a four-star match in general. Mm -hmm. But for this kind of match, an opener, a fun match, on TV. a six-man tag on TV, for what it's set out to do, it's five-star. It was absolutely <clears throat> brilliant. It was just so much fun. And Dustin did the what it might be my new favorite spot of his. He did this on Dark a few weeks ago as well, and it was in the eight man, where he does his two power slams, but then gets blown up because he's a bit older now. He's not he's not the natural of old, natural in the uh, you know the late eighties and early nineties. So he has to stop him and go like, sorry, I'm gonna catch my breath while Sammy Guevara's then going like, huh, what? So just, just give me a second, give me, I'm just need to catch my breath. Okay, good, I'm going. And then instantly back up power yeah. slam and just does, and he stands up and he's you know it's it's suckering the heels in for a laugh, and it is comedy that really works and the crowd lapped it up yeah we should probably say what the match was it was the young bucks and dustin Rhodes taking on proud and powerful and sammy guevara and like you said dustin he brings just all that comedy but like a sort of veteran respect as well to the match uh the young bucks are just insane the nick jackson was just jumping everywhere matt jackson had this terrific is it Northern Lights? Yeah. It's just like a, a Northern, Northern Lights, Lights chain sequence. And he, then he does it on two of them. And then when the three, it sort of falls down. But for me, and this is so weird, because when I first saw Sammy Guevara, I wasn't really familiar with him before AEW. I thought, well, that's like, that's like a career, right? He's mm -hmm. a high flyer and you slowly get him over. Incorrect. He's a character. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he he's off off spot selling so like you know when someone someone else is that the, the the focus is somewhere else on the moves sammy's nearby his selling just in general all the time is perfect for what his character is and that is he's a bit of a goofball yeah but he can beat you up there's one point where he tries to do he tries to vlog him doing a shooting star press and he get he eats a super kick. Yeah, he gets a Wait, super kick. Wait, he eats two super kicks. Yeah, for a super kick party from the Bucks. It was like Sammy Guevara was absolutely fantastic for me in this. And I loved the combination that they did of setting it. I think it was Guevara in the corner so that Dustin could do shattered dreams while the Bucks were also doing super kicks on him. Lovely little finisher. And then to cap it all off, the finish of this match was a double Meltzer driver 
while Nick Jackson was also doing a senton splash. <laughs> Ridiculous. I I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it was like uh, Matt and Dustin had Pr- well, they they heels, had they had the proud and powerful in in the in the tombstone position, and Nick jumps off, drop kicks both heads yeah. of them and hits the senton on Guevara behind him and pins Guevara for the win. A great match. A yeah. great match. And there were no ad breaks in it. So it just no. flew by. It was 15 minutes long. Loved yeah. It. Which is what AEW were doing in their first few weeks was mm. doing no ad breaks to start off with and they would pepper the ad breaks much later. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just loved it. I thought it was, I've written here what a match. What a finish. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Tony Schiavone's back or Schiavone as Schiavone. Uh, Chris Jericho pronounced his <laughs> yeah. name wrong once. Uh, and they run through the card. And they're running through the card. And I'm like, oh, man. What a stacked good. old card this was. We had Christopher Daniels versus Pentagon Jr. Brandy Rhodes will speak. Nyla Rose will be in action. Chris Jericho will speak. Joey Janela versus John Moxley is tonight's main event. But coming up next is Trent versus Ray Phoenix mm. of the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. And this was this is continuing the story of Trent picking up wins over both Pentagon and Phoenix in, in back-to-back weeks. So here he was against Phoenix here. Good looking to pick up the sweep. Yeah. And... He, this was a really good match. Yeah. Like, really, really solid. And Phoenix is just... I mean, my broken record. Phoenix is incredible. Yeah, that's my first notes here. Ray Phoenix is insane. Yeah. Like, he's... The way he moves around the ring, it is effortless to him. Mm. He walks those ropes like it's nothing. Like, those aren't... They're not that thick. But when he walks across them, they're, like, four foot wide. Mm. There's no... Th- there's no even like air of we oh, might fall there like it never occurs to you yeah and and sometimes that like when I'm worried about people messing up spots that takes me out of the match I never get that with him I got it with the Bucks in the, in the Bucks and <laughs> in the Lucha ladder Bros. War, yeah. match, but I was never it was never because of Phoenix or Pentagon weirdly but the uh, yeah there was this he, he ran across that top rope like a tightrope as Trent was draped over it and just kicked him in the head yeah it was it was fantastic uh but I love yeah. the uh, the the double stomp onto Trent and make him face plant into mm. the apron. That was a yeah. really good spot. Uh, D- Phoenix was definitely the more impressive here. Mm-hmm. Trent Trent got a nice uh, bits in, but Phoenix hit the Mexican the Mexican muscle buster for the win. And yeah, did just I don't know. So so cool. Love the match. I don't really know after the last three weeks what's been achieved here. No. If, if I was to yeah. take an overall no, no, view of this. Because I, I figured that Trent would pick up the win here, get that sweep against them, and then you would do, yeah, I don't know, challenge them. Because currently the Lucha Brothers are the number one. They're, they're ranked number one in the in the tag rankings, I believe. Mm. Um, I, oh, no, sorry. No, they were. But the loss last week to the best friends knocked them down to number four. So I thought maybe they'll get another loss here, and then the Lucha Brothers will have to try and get their the wins mm. back so they could continue climbing back up the power rankings. But yeah, Phoenix just picked up another win. I was like, oh, okay. And then afterwards, they did the spot where Trent was going to shake. This is all in an ad break where he wanted to shake Phoenix's hand, but he didn't want it, so they brawled. So it feels like this feud must continue. Yeah. But I don't know where, what for. Unless you're going to do the Lucha Brothers versus Best Friends looking to reclimb the power rankings. And I guess that's one of the criticisms against AEW was that all they sometimes... <laughs> this is such a weird criticism to do. Like, if you told me just three years ago that this was a thing you'd have a problem with ollie I'd, I'd tell you to go away and that is sometimes AEW just do great wrestling <laughs> <laughs> do 
Do you know what? There's no pleasing some people. I know, right? There's no pleasing some people. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I love that Trent-Phoenix match and that Pentagon Junior-Phoenix <laughs> match, uh, Trent match, and the, the one after that. But yeah, what, what was the point? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, then we got a Cody promo. All the pyro for Cody. Yeah. A uh, huge scar on his forehead. It's so gruesome. I can't believe it was. A, I thought it was a work. I remember you texting me being like, oh, that was totally a work. And it's I was totally like, I don't think it was. Well, it's just the way, cause, yeah, Jericho is in the way of the camera when it happens yeah. at full gear. But bloody hell. Uh, and I like, to, I like how Tony Schiavone is kind of Cody's personal interviewer. Yeah. So Tony's in the ring to interview him. And they st- he started off talking about the Butcher Blade and the Bunny, who sort of jumped. They jumped him last week. Cody last week. That was their debut. And also MJF. And as soon as he said those two things, I was like, ah, yeah, you've split the story, haven't you? Well, because MJF is, yeah, it's refusing to fight him. Mm. So it's a way to kind of like artificially extend this MJF thing because you want to get make it through to a pay-per-view rather than do it on a TV episode. Yeah, yeah. So it's a way to, yeah, artificially extend that feud across TV. But I like it because it's a way to get new talent over. And I, I thought Cody did a really good job here of getting this talent over because the what he essentially said was, uh, he said, Butcher, Blade, Bunny, and then went across their other names. like, you know, whatever names you want to use. I know who you are. I've seen you in bar wrestling. I've seen you in beyond wrestling. Started naming that all of these nice. things, which I thought was really nice <laughs> because it almost felt like what he was saying was, it's your fault, fan, that you don't know who they are. Mm. But if you're like me, <laughs> if, you're a fan, if you're a wrestling fan like me, you'd know who these people are. Yeah. Um, and he said, he goes, yeah, you could have just asked for a match. I would have given you one. I like that. But, you know, I appreciate the pomp and circumstance of wrestling. I mean, look at my entrance. Mm. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it's just like, well, I, I guess you could argue it, the content of what he was saying was slightly heelish, but then he, he self-depreciated himself like that. And you're like, you're still my bro. Yeah. You're still my brother. And then turns to MJF uh, and said, like, I loved what he kind of said about MJF, mm. which is like, everyone told me that you were a bad guy. And I knew you were a bad guy, but you were my bad guy. Like, I saw you as a potential. But really, you're just an NWO, what was it, an NWO, a Bush League NWO version of Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And uh, he just, he starts going through all the faults that people told, like, said to him. Yeah. uh, Why you shouldn't choose MJF, that. He's too small. Yep. And then, did you pick up on the... That he said you do the worst crossroads on two shows now, two different channels, <laughs> yeah. which is a reference to MJF's crossroads from last week, but also I guess Damian Priest's finisher on NXT. <laughs> is that what it was? I think so. Oh, okay. Someone on NXT uses a sort yeah. Of I think it, it is um, Priest. I didn't realize that was a shot at him though. Well, he said, well when he says on oh, two, two channels, yeah. Like, yeah, you're there right. aren't many other. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Who else would he be talking about? Yeah, absolutely right. So that was the other reference. I thought that. That's the bad version of the the other wrestling. I mean, I'm references. I'm I'm thick that I didn't pick it up, but you're you're absolutely right. It is the worst of the two. Yeah, but and it's too... always Cody that's doing them. Yeah, Cody loves it. But then he goes into interviews and says, it's "I want to stand war. on my own." <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's it's the same. <clears throat> Everyone keeps saying, "Well, it's not a war. We're not mm. at war, but you are." Yeah. So just say <laughs> we're at war with each other. Yeah, we're then there's warring, no claims of hypocrisy. We're warring over the TV ratings. Mm. We're trying to get as many wrestling fans to watch our shows. As opposed to being like, yeah, but it's not really a competition. It's just as soon as you say that and you lose, then people can say, huh, and you're competing and you lost. Right now, they, it doesn't matter if they win and lose in the version of this narrative. But you've got to, you have to pick your lane on this. I know. Well, you, yeah, you I either totally say, agree. 
it's not a war and then you never reference the other show or you say it is a war you just go and out. you take shots and start reading out spoilers <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but MJ <laughs> There was there was another line. This, honestly, Cody's promo was really good. It's fabulous. Uh, he's really good at delivering them. He's so personable. But then he says, MJF says he'll never wrestle me. I don't deal in absolutes. And I was like, you, you, you set up a match where you'll never wrestle <laughs> yeah. for the title. You're either doing an amazing bit of long-term storytelling there where you're going to turn heel and go back on that, or you've... That's inconsistent as well. It's but, weird because yeah. Cody seems to really script out his stuff. Even when he was back in WWE, he'd, he'd yeah. do a lot of like uh, Grant Morrison references or Zelda references in his promos. Well, he had a Zelda reference here when he pulled out his car keys. Mm. Big Legend of Zelda uh, Triforce yeah, yeah, logo yeah. on a uh, keychain. Offers up his car, offers up a watch. This was so... 1980s NWA <laughs> of just like I'm a wrestler I have all the money I've got the really fancy watch the very fancy shoes the very fancy car bring me in my briefcase filled with all my money well but isn't that nice I isn't know nice to see these wrestlers as large enough yeah wow what a job you've got I, and, and it's, it's, it shoots it in his house and it's this yeah. beautiful lavish house it's brilliant and, and it's not where Kevin Owens is like oh man that hundred grand is is going to affect my kids' college I need fund. This mo- I need this job, man. Uh, so yeah, I I do like that. And then he says like, "Look, there's fifty grand in here. Give give a hundred bucks to that kid over there." That little there. kid there. And the kid was dressed up in a suit. What's that? He was dressed up as someone. Well, he he was um he was Clementine Cassidy. That's it. Yeah, and the kid just like holds it up to the screen, no selling it like Orange Cassidy would. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and th- th- then he said, let's do this and sort of walked out. Name your price. Um, but yeah, the, the only, the, the other bad thing, we alluded to it earlier, was that he had the, quite a nice narrative of where was, he said, look, everyone I used to rely on has kind of left me. MJF has kicked me in the balls. My brother Dustin is in this blood feud with the Inner Circle. The inner circle. Um, and, my, and, and, and my wife is now just cutting off defenseless women's hair. I thought, you need to reference that. Yeah. But it doesn't work. No. And this is a problem of your own creation. Absolutely. Uh, right, after that, we got Alex Marvez interviewing Joey Janela backstage. Marvez, of course, was once going to be the lead play-by-play guy. but a better position for it him. It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wasn't experienced enough. Uh, this was really nicely filmed. It had a depth of field where it looked a mo- lot more cinematic. The background was out of focus. And Joey Janela cuts a promo on, on Moxley, you know, this time we had a match before, unsanctioned, didn't count. This time you're going to have to kill me. Then Mox just walks in, looks at him and goes, kids. <laughs> and that's so tough. Like, you completely undermined everything he was saying, but I still want to see the match. Yeah. Don't know how it works, but it did. Uh, then another Dark Order promo. Yeah. Uh, a YouTube commenter was uh, typing away. Um and he then he joins one of the creepers like oh, he joins the creepers right they're sort of like in this field and there's sort of like these fire poles and everything and he says why do you want to join the dark order he says i want revenge he's like well then you're in he gives him the creeper mask and then we see what we think is the same kid it's the, the same guy yeah. so it's the same guy from the first promo into last week's into here and he says why do you want to join the dark order and he says i just want friends i broke my heart that did it broke my heart too not evil uno's heart though because he was like <laughs> Second boys, yeah. <laughs> he just went over to Grayson and would, like whispers him to Grayson. And then Grayson kicked him, and the creepers went and started crawling, like crawling, uh, crawling at him. 
And then you get the wicked sort of montage thing of sort of like these politicians, these mm. people in high business uh, positions uh, are all part of the uh, Dark Order. And you get their new logo. It's good stuff, man. I yeah. really, really like it. It's way better than Nightmare Collective. So much better. So just do one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, re- really, really good stuff. Then we got the Nyla Rose Bates match, which we've already gone through. Then, probably my favorite thing on the show. Love this. Chris Jericho Le comes Champion. down. To, with with Hager, who's dressed all in burgundy. <laughs> Someone, uh, I can't remember who it was, tweeted me saying, he has just come off the set of a Giacomo advert. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he is. He it's looks a big like, man. For, big clothes for big men. It is a big clothes for big man. He's either come from Sports Direct or most likely Giacomo. Yeah. Uh, he's start, Jericho does all the heel stuff because people were cheering him, so bury your hometown. Yep. Uh, talked about £12,000. That's a weight, not currency, I assume, of bubbly being sold. Still pushing that. And then Did he we buy said, our bottles for the Christmas <coughs> show? No, we didn't. In we the should end. do we that. Should do. Uh, Jericho then said, I'm contractually obliged to have one more title match in 2019. Was it a title match? I thought it was just one more match. Oh, okay. I think it's just I'm, I'm contracted to have one more match in AEW for oh, 20, maybe you're 20, right. 2019. Yeah. Which I think is a great heel, like, mechanic there yeah it's a, it's just a really nice way to justify why he would be had like oh i've got to do it and yeah. i love that setup but he's got a list well it's not a list get out of 2016 it's a stupid gimmick this is a lexicon of le champion i think it was excalibur said i don't think that word means what he thinks it means <laughs> <laughs> because lexicon you know that's not no it's, it's that's wrong but like, that's like I, I saw some people saying on uh, uh, online that oh, that's not what lexicon means. I was like, he's working. That's you. the joke. <laughs> like that's why it works. It's also brilliant that he hates fans for wanting him to go back to an old gimmick. He's like, I'm not going to go back to an old gimmick. That's a stupid thing to do. And he's gone back to an old gimmick. But in his mind, it's a new gimmick. <laughs> And so he's completely justified in what he's doing. I thought it was a wonderful touch. So, like, just already, it's a, it's fantastic. So, like, Jericho is a genius. This is obviously coming from him. Maybe Jimmy Jacobs as well. I don't know, because they used to work together on the list. He's an impact. He is an impact, yeah, you're right. Uh, but the, the, then the actual gag, that was all just the setup. The actual gag is Jericho runs through a list of all the people he's not going to face. <laughs> It was, it's, I call it in my review, it's a combination of the 1004 holds gimmick from WCW and the list of Jericho. So he'll just say like Cody and then we'll have six other names that are Cody related. Not like wrestling related, but he'll just say five other people that are called Cody and then we'll go John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Kenny from South Park, Kenny Loggins, blah, 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 blah. John Moxley, and then we'll go on to the next person. The Young Bucks, the Silly Bucks, and just like we'll list off all these other people. He just rattled this off, and it just got better and better and better the more it went, but he just kept saying Moxley's name as if to reiterate. He was Armbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Armbar. Armbar. Uh, and then he starts roasting people in the audience. He's like, that guy over there in the fifth row. <laughs> that guy badly eating popcorn, not him. <clears throat> like this, this has mileage. Like just and it's weird. Like Jericho has done so many things. Like each week, he's got a genuinely, he's got a new scarf. Effectively, yeah. The thing with Hager, sorry, yeah. sorry, that's amazing. A little bit of the bubbly. I hope this 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 comes out. This isn't just a one off, because you can run through a list of all the stuff he's not going to do. It doesn't just have to be people he's going to face. It could be all the stuff I'm not going to do in your stupid hometown. It's g- great yeah. concept, and it's different. I, 
But it's not. And oh, he's a genius. And the segment only got better for me because Jurassic Express came down, and I marked out. Yeah. I absolutely marked out when I saw Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt came down. They might be my favorite act in this company. I just find them so visually appealing. And just a wonder... I want to be friends with them. Like, when I look at that act, I'm like, I want to be part of that group. I wish I could be friends with those people. But not from how me and Cody are brothers. More from a, I I want to hang out with you, but I want to be a kid again, too. Like, they've got an almost fantasy world that just exists in in a bubble. Yeah. And they walk down and they get into the ring and uh, Jericho says, I'm not fighting a dinosaur or a kid either. And then Luchasaurus was like, oh, you'd expect me to roar, wouldn't you? Wait, well, roars first. Yeah. Roar. That's not how I talk. I've got a bachelor's degree. And so, but I was not expecting us in, to be on this. In medieval history, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. So, but I wasn't expecting to be on this list. Dinosaurs have been marginalized for 65 million years. Very funny. Very funny. And you know what? Luchasaurus is good on the mic. He, he had good timing, yeah. I thought. Uh, I like the fact that he said Marco's done. Yeah, sure, he's small for his age. Chris Joker goes, uh, Marco's done is small for any age. That's a that's a just a great joke. Like it's that, so it's, it's good. so it's like a you'd find that on a, a properly scripted sitcom. It's yeah. really good writing. Um, I wouldn't have had Luchasaurus speak. Yeah, okay. if I was to be hypercritical about this, and it's crazy because like he's. He's good. He's a great talker. But, you know, like, would you have had Kane speak? If it was up to you, would you ever have had Kane speak more than a few lines in no, the but, whole of his career? But he was also a monster heel. And Luchasaurus is not a monster heel. No, no, you're right. But I think the they now can't have Luchasaurus as this, and I'm going to get poncy wording here, tabula rasa. <laughs> of, uh, Bloody hell. Like, like a, a palimpsest for, for people to... <laughs> For people to project their own emotions onto. Crikey. <laughs> this is Ollie dissertation. Isn't this it is just? film theory Ollie. It makes my dissertation seem like <laughs> a big pile of pants. But it's just like, you know, sometimes you need... That's why that's why masked characters are so appealing to children. is because they can sort of project their own vision and identity. It's why shadows are so terrifying. Because you project your fears. Everything in your head is going to be more scary or better than what actually happens in real life because of expectations. So I, I, yeah, I just thought for the ca- the sort of character that Luchasaurus is, which weirdly in my head was always, you are a literal dinosaur who wrestles. But that's the joke, is that he's he's the intelligent one. Well, yeah. If I it don't was think... me, I wouldn't have had Jungle Boy speak. Sure. Because the way they've always done it on Being the Elite is that Jungle Boy's the mute, mm. but you expect him to be the one that talks. Whereas Luchasaurus is the one that talks, and that's the gag. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen that gag so many times before. I've also seen the big guy is actually secretly really intelligent. Mm-hmm. It's like just something WWE keep going back Eric to Rowan. again and again. Eric Rowan's original gimmick when he left the White family. I've, I've seen it enough. It can work, but th- that version, comp- and I'm being hypercritical here, because I did love this segment. That version compared to... You know, Phoenix getting this match. <laughs> no, that version compared to Luchasaurus just being the dinosaur in yeah. my head. I think the dinosaur is, is the much better gimmick. I'm going to disagree with you on this one because I think it was great. <clears throat> um, but anyway, uh, Jungle Boy, well, Jericho calls Jungle Boy a piece of S word. Yeah, just lays it out there. Uh, and Jungle Boy takes the mic, says he's going to kick Jericho's ass, slaps him, babyface's clear house, and. Jericho throws a tantrum, starts throwing stuff in into the ring. Marcos don't just throws it back towards him. A match is made for December 18th. The last live show of AEW in 2019. Uh, and also, you know where it is? 
It's Corpus Christi. Really? Yeah. Wow. Historically a terrible wrestling crowd yeah. for WWE. Um, but one that they did go there this year and they were really, really good. Uh, but yeah, apparently ticket sales were struggling. So mm. I don't know if that was always the plan or mm. something they thought, oh, we need to shift a few more tickets. Yeah. But great, great, great idea. Uh, really good match. This did, Do you see anything in Jungle Boy's face? And don't... Do, do, do you see a bit of Andy Datsun's face in Jungle Boy? Oh, now that you've said it. I can't believe I said that out loud. Because that's why they like Jungle Boy, because he's a good-looking kid. He's got a wicked head of hair as well. Obviously, you know, he's the son of Luke Perry. Mm. I'm just getting a picture of Jungle You see what I mean? You see that face? Sort of. In a way. The re- Not- that one. That one. That's the one. He looks like... I can actually see it, you know, particularly in that picture. Not in every picture, but in that picture in particular, very much so. Yep, and that one too. That's the so. um, It seems that gormless-looking photos (laughs) of Jungle, (laughs) (laughs) but he's not posing for the camera. Only kidding, Datsun. Um, Be honoured to be compared to. I've got to. I'm just going to quickly put over Marco Stan here. Did you see the spot from last week's or this week's AW Dark? it was Jungle Express in there with the Inner Circle and the, the ending shot of the night. And it's actually, it's so hard to describe, but it's wonderful. Sammy Guevara is sort of like bent over, woozy, and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy have Marco Stunt in sort of like a seesaw thing. And they back forth, back forth. They throw him over, Marco Stunt grabs him, Canadian Destroyer. Oh, wow. It, I saw it, someone had like filmed it on their phone after Dark, uh, you know, during the um, Dark Match segment last week. So it was being shared around. I was like, I'm not even sure how this yeah. spot works. And I watched it on Dark this week. I was like, it's even better than I imagined. <laughs> uh, after that, we got Statlander versus Sheeda with the Nightmare Collective thing. Mm. Uh, and after that, we got Daniels versus Pentagon. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, slight botch in the, towards the end. Ah. I wasn't sure if it was intentional or not. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I think it's just because, and they put it over a lot on commentary, this is Daniels' first singles match since since June. Yeah, it was when uh, he, it was on a Fighter Fest, I think, when he yeah. faced off against uh, Shima. And I love Pentagon. I think that's been put across quite a bit. You hide it so well. I didn't realise how much I also love Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just... You know, like one of one of my favorite wrestling memories of the last couple of years is is him winning the ROH title at the fifteenth anniversary show, mm-hmm. and I just I love Christopher Daniels, and it, that's sort of been lost in the SCU shuffle for me. Yeah, I, I can hear I hear that. Yeah, because so, I, I mean I I, lo- I love Daniels, so you know it's a, a long standing uh, mm-hmm. adoration for Daniels as well. And I think back to like man, you've been watching this guy for twenty years yeah. now, twenty plus years. That's a long time to be watching someone wrestle. But at the same time, I never look at him and be like, like when you look, and it's Rey Mysterio's the same way. I was thinking about this the other day, that it's so funny that Rey Mysterio is one of the most pushed acts in on Raw. And the guy who got his start, got Rey's start in the US, is Paul Heyman, who's running Raw mm. at the moment. Like, that's the mid-90s. Yeah. And here we are, about to go into 2020, and Rey Mysterio is still being pushed as one of these top stars. But I never look and be like, God, you've been wrestling since the mm. mid-90s. And Daniels is that same way. You don't look at Daniels and be like, you were signing, you were wrestling for WCW yeah. in its dying days. Yeah, I, th- this was the first match where I really realized that I love the entrance ramp. Yeah. I think this is the first time they've had it go f- uh, flush. So they had it for full gear, but yes. this was on dynamite. So it's, yeah, it's the, 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 the entrance ramp is, yeah, I guess flush is the best way to describe yeah. it, on level with the ring. So you've, you've got a new thing to play with. You've got another place to do spots 
And I thought Daniels and Pentagon made use of that sort of prop really well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this match. There's a bit of interference at the end. Uh, Phoenix put in the mic stand. Uh, Daniels hit the fallen angel, but it, no, the, it yeah, the of, angel's wings. Sorry, angel's wings, but it didn't. Is well, that he, that's where he, the botch came in? When he went to do the um, the Arabian moonsault on the outside, and he, when he went to flip his legs up, he got caught on the uh, top rope and just sort mm. of fell down. Commentators covered up for it, saying like it's his back because that's what's been worked yeah. over. And so I thought they covered for it quite nicely, but the crowd, I think, recognised that it was a botch. Um, but Phoenix used the distraction with the mic stand. Daniels hit the angel's wings for a visual pin, but the referee was distracted by Phoenix. Um, and then Daniels got the mic stand, teased using it, threw it to the side, that strike the referee. Low blow by Pentagon and the package power driver for the win. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I liked it. Uh, then we got a Bunny Blade and Butcher promo backstage. They've got a great look. Yes, really, really strong. I'm not into them. I'm well into this act, <laughs> I've got to say. I don't know, I'm, I appear to be the only person in the world that liked that segment last week. Mm. But I'm into this act, and it might just be because I really like Ali, but I love the look of the team. Yeah, yeah. Really Although good. I will say, so to, as a follow-up to last week where I said that I listen to Every Time I Die, I think that's what the band's called. Um, and I was like, oh, it's a bit like, it's a bit stoner rock. Turns out I don't listen to one song, and that one song had a stoner rock vibe. I've listened to other stuff. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's, it's not like that one track, and I do not like any of the other tracks. Uh, Sorry to say. The main event, however, was... Sorry, just on that one. Oh, yes. Because um, they announced uh, during the middle mm. of the Chris Statlander, um hikaru Shida match that next week it's going to be Butch from the Blade versus Cody and QT Marshall, which kayfabe-wise makes sense, but it is the most uninspiring choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and the main event was Jay Janela versus Jan Mixley. I love this. Yeah. This was wicked. I, j- I just love Marks. <laughs> yes, that's I, it. I just love him. Consecutive. No, no. What, he wasn't the main event last week. No. He, he, just, ha- he came he out. He just came and, out, and I was like, oh, you're the best thing on this show. I just feel like he's the main event. Every, like, if, if you were to ask me what was the main event of the last five shows, I'd play. Probably Moxley. <laughs> and that might not be true, but that he's in my head at that level as such a big force is a testament to how AEW have protected him and booked him. And again, I thought Moxley won't really be able to get over, not get over to the extent without the hardcore stuff. He's had TV matches, TV 14 matches with relatively not much hardcore with Darby Allen and Joey Janela in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. And they've been awesome. Yeah, so, so good. This was no exception. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I love the, the attempt of the paradigm shift on the ramp, but Janela yeah. reversed that into like this sort of diving reverse DDT, uh, tornado DDT onto the apron, uh, onto the ramp rather. Big dives by Joey. I thought it was a really good showing for Janela as mm, well, actually. Yeah. As, you know, he is also someone who has wanted to kind of shift away from, I'm not just the hardcore guy. It's like Jimmy, you know, his whole deal was like, yeah, I do hardcore, but I can also do other stuff. And I think that's what Joey was showing here. Uh, but I loved the finish of this, yeah. which was like Mox, like Joey hits, um, Joey hits a move on Mox, and Mox has to like bail to the outside, and he's just sort of like collecting himself. All of a sudden, Joey Janela has dived over the corner ring post into Moxley, and they crash through the uh, ringside table. Yeah. Just looked amazing, and then they fight back up to the top, and Moxley hits a paradigm shift into the top turnbuckle. I was like, well, he's dead. The most just picks him up, paradigm shift for the win. It was wicked. Yeah, really, really cool. And then it gets better because Jericho's music hits. The inner circle come through the crowd, 
just like Moxley did at the end of last week's show, at the end of the Jericho Scorpio Sky match, and stares down Moxley. What a beautiful mirror image. Loved it. Re- yeah. Like really effective storytelling. And that, that, that's how you can extend feuds out and not have loads of stuff happen between those two people in an episode to make it feel like it's progressed. And I've, I'm so intrigued to see next week because Jericho said in his promo, Moxley's on the lexicon. Mm-hmm. So, but he came out to like challenge him. Did he just do it as a receipt? Yeah. What's his motivations? Makes me excited to see what you know <laughs> where the storyline goes next. Yeah. Really, I loved I loved this episode. Easy four out of five for me. I, I gave it the full five. No, don't it, blame I, you. It was just that Brandy Rhodes thing that I didn't like. Everything else though, I was on cloud nine mm. watching this show. Totally. Maybe that's just my AEW bias <laughs> ringing through. But I I loved it. Loved it. Before we do this, uh, Russo Pay, I've got one of my own that follows on seriously from the Rusev hay that you had the other day. Would you call that a Rusev hay? Well, there's been some debate about that on our Discord, and <laughs> so- someone argued that it is because <gasps> Donald Trump is a WWE <gasps> Hall of Famer. Thought of that. So that is technically a Rusev hay. Yes. Or Rusev maybe because you didn't really interact with him; you just saw him. I think that counts. Rusev maybe is someone you think. Ah, uh, you're right. Is, yeah, that yeah, could yeah. have been someone. That was yeah. definitely <laughs> President Trump on account of all the cars yeah. that were part of his motorcade. Well, yesterday I was walking back from Pizza Express mm. uh, in the Strand. Prince Andrew walking past. <laughs> <laughs> Close, actually. I was walking up towards uh, Leicester Square, and then we got stopped by police, and some motorbikes went past, and then a car went past, and then another car went past, and all of a sudden I heard the two people stood next to me because I did not know who these people were. Went, oh my god, it's Ca- it's Camilla and uh, Prince Charles. Wow. You know who those are. I know who I know who Charles is, and I, but if I like, I, if I'd have, I don't think I could have picked Camilla out of a lineup. But you, you're aware of the name Camilla Parker Bowles. I am. Well, okay. Well, I didn't know it was the same person. I know huh. that name, and I also know Camilla as a thing. I didn't realize that they like were the Madonna. same. Madonna. Yes. One word. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Boris. Like yeah. it's a one-word thing. Prince. Huh. Yeah. So I didn't realize that was the same person. But anyway, and as I we went up, I was like, just to clarify, when I tell this story tomorrow, that was Camilla and Prince Charles. Wow. And my, my wife said, yes, yeah, as a possible future king of England. And I was like, cool, well. He I, possible in big, big letters. Big letters, possible future king All of England. caps. Yeah. Lizzie is not going to let him, him take the reins. <laughs> not in a million years. That's why she's still clinging on to the throne. And I, I found myself, even when telling that, had to pause and remind myself which prince it was. Because you don't want to say Prince Andrews, which is the only prince I can think of currently. Well, that's not even... I don't know if you misspoke or you don't know his name. Prince Andrew. Is it not Prince Andrews? No, no, because Prince Andrew's his first name. Well, his, name, Everyone, first name, his first name is Prince? Yes. <laughs> no, it's, his it's, name is Prince Andrew. His name is Andrew. Right, okay. It's not like it's surname like Mr. Andrews, Prince Andrews. Okay. It's like Prince Charles. His name is Charles. Right, okay. Charles Windsor, Windsor I guess. Windsor, I would assume, yeah. Prince, Princess Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> Prince Philip. Otherwise, they'd all Who's, have... Which one? Uh, Philip's the king, right? Well, wow. he, he, he's married to the queen, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah okay. I didn't know you had such a gap in, in royal family it's, knowledge. It's, I think it's more of a case I don't care. Yeah, it's a big yeah, thing. I think that's probably it. Um, like, if you'd have said Prince Philip, like, Philip is a name that I recognise, but when you put Prince in front of it, I was like, is he a different person? 
you just have to say, what, what if I said the racist one? Ah, <laughs> uh, well... I mean, still need to narrow that down I a little bit th- more. No, no, I think you can... You say the racist one. I wouldn't say any of the other members of the royal family currently are known for their racism. Charles is known for being an idiot. Yep. Harry for... for Being a Nazi. Being, being in a relationship. William for being in a relationship. He's the husband of Kate Middleton. Now, that's a name I know. Wow. And so you know Kate Middleton. Yes, because when I was working at uh, a... Hmm. I won't name the company I was working for, but there was a uh, a lady there who was a blogger, mm. and her sort of side project that she was doing outside of this work was that she was a Kate Middleton lookalike. Whoa! So she used to do a lot of things like she would be asked to go onto like because she was also <laughs> a Kate Middleton super fan as well. So she would like dress like Kate Middleton and then would blog about things that Kate Middleton was doing. And it just so happened she also looked like her a little bit. So she was she was known as like the Kate Middleton blogger. If she was commenting on YouTube videos, it would be so and so Kate Middleton's number one fan. Yes. How, yeah, we, how we get that a lot. Indeed. With, with fans. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Any super chat chat. Um, oh, actually, yes, we do. Sorry, You've got I, a couple of sorry, minutes. Jaren, I was going to do your. I was gutted as well. Actually, I wanted to do Jaren Walker's Rusev Hey here because it's an, on an AEW podcast, which means he won't ever listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, some brief thoughts on super chats. This comes in from Brandon. It says, "Hello, Wrestle Talk lads and gal. Uh, let me give you my two cents. Uh, I see the value in super chats. They're a great way for the Swap Nation to interact with you guys. We all have our thoughts and opinions on the shows. For some, those opinions are, and thoughts are strong, and they want your guys' input on what they thought." The way you guys set it up prior to the test trial was near perfect, since I do like do not like the Super Chats and often skip them while listening to the podcast. You have graciously organized them into their own separate sections. The separation of the shoutouts and Super Chats allows us for skipping them using that magical 30 seconds forward mm. button, even if you listen to the podcast on your way to work as I do. I doubt there are people are... Um, I doubt that people are driving non-stop without stopping at red lights or stop signs and are able to skip those sections. Keep them if you like and make them pounds. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we, we thought about doing... Uh, just very quickly, because we've got to go live in 34 seconds. Okay. Well, Oliver says, hi, Luke and Co. Following your discussion on the Raw Review, just a quick email to say that uh, it's much more enjoyable without the irritating oh. Super Chats, quote, <laughs> banter. He then says, the trial period is a success. Cheers, Oliver. Right. right. Well, one of the things we were thinking of doing is, is because I, I genuinely miss the Super Chats, but I also understand that it does make it... I, I don't enjoy how long it is. Eve Aniel also says, please keep them. Right. So... Oh God. Just made it. We opened up the can of worms again. And then oddly, Austin sent us an email to say that um, what you should do is you should have a bit of them in the middle of the show and all of them at the end. Which is like what we how were, we used which, to. Which, which is what we were doing. <laughs> all right. Well, we've got to go. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to quickly um, chat about your... Oh, no, no, we no, don't, we go, don't we've got to go live. No. Well, we'll bring that up on tomorrow's show then when we do the magazine show. I'm not here. Where are you? I'm off. I'm working Saturday. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Who am I doing the show with? Probably Laurie. Oh, okay, well, it's me and Laurie then. Uh, me, me and Laurie will chat about it. Probably not, though. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Talk, 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.